Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020, and welcome to episode 33 of Heel Alternative, the interim official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. We're here to talk about wrestling, I don't know. I'm, I'm John, I'm joined by Oscar and Trace. Hello. What's up? This all sucks. Yeah! Yeah. We're in a real bad timeline right now, folks. This is a million percent the darkest timeline. Yeah, you know the time where, like, in Wing Commander, where if they like, fail a bunch of missions, it just gets worse and progressively worse and harder and worse? Yeah, we're on that path right now. We just kind of ejected out of a bunch of missions, and we are fucked. We did not go back to the past to destroy the Metal Sonic and the enemy generator, and now we just keep getting the bad future. It's fucked. It's just, it's just fucked. I can't believe Cody made a bad future. <laughs> yes, Oscar, I know. I've, I've, you show me the scary sprite. It's no use. Yeah, I... Look, do we even need to say what's going on in the fucking world right now? You've You've seen the news. You've seen the horrible shit going on in Minneapolis and basically every other city uh, in this country. And... It's, it's fucking awful, and there there are no fucking words that we can, that, like, you know, least of all uh, us three fucking white men can fucking put into words of the fucking horrible nature of police and being, a, a you know, BIPOC in this country. Like, it's just, it's fucking beyond horrible, and our hearts go out to everybody. You know, the family of George Floyd, the family of Breonna Taylor, the family of everybody out there that has been protesting and fucking suffering at the hands of fucking horrible, abusive cops. And just there's there's nothing else to say other than fucking like, look, there are way smarter people that you should be listening to to about any of the stuff out there, like actual fucking like persons of color and like fucking list just fucking listen. And do the work, because don't fucking ask people to do the emotional labor for you. You need to fucking do it yourself. Yeah, just pay attention out there, folks. And, yeah, on that note, that's, I feel like that's about all we're really going to say about this, because, again, we are completely ill-equipped to say that, to say anything, so... I don't know, let's talk about something that we're barely even more equipped to talk about. Professional wrestling! Yay. Did y'all watch anything this week? I, I, I watched Dynamite. I, I watched Dynamite. Let's, I, before we move on to that, I, I feel like we should talk about the one, the one big thing from the NXT. Since, you know, they do have a pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. Hell yeah, that and I goes back. Prezango is back in pod form. That is true, and I am kind of cool with that. But, hey, yeah, they got a pay-per-view this Sunday, and, you know, if you're giving money to us on Patreon, although you really shouldn't, we'll talk about that later, uh, you'll you'll get a podcast this weekend of Owen and I reviewing NXT TakeOver in your house, but one match that won't be on there is uh, one involving the new interim cruiserweight champion, because they had the finals tonight. Sure did. And I am going through my usual way of recapping the NXT experience, which is to look at WWE's Twitter feed. And that is an interesting outcome. Yeah. Um, basically, you know, 
I feel like as we maybe talked a, lot, a little bit about last week, if they kind of had two options here, I felt like. It was pretty much with the storylines they've been telling of they have this gang, this this weird gang of luchadors just kidnapping people, and oh, they went for Elio de Fantasma, but like, I don't know, there's something weird there, maybe he's the one leading them. And then also, well, Drake Maverick, he's got this big comeback story and all this stuff. It was either going to be Drake Maverick's got to win this whole thing. And it's going to be this big triumphant moment where, like, he saves his job. Or El Hio de Fantasma screws him out of it, reveals himself as the big monster asshole heel running these dudes. And we get, like, a moment of, you know, sadness for Drake Maverick. Instead, NXT decided, what if we just do both? Yeah, not an expected outcome, but, like, the right one? I don't know. Like, so basically the way that they got out of it was they had a match, and uh, the the luchadors, fuck, the luchador gang fucking invaded the match and started going, it, going crazy and everything, but they didn't, they didn't reveal themselves. Like, El Hio de Fantasma was still the babyface in this. Like, it ended up just being, they distracted Drake Maverick, and Phantasma beat him from that. But he wasn't, like, he wasn't heel about it, he didn't do anything weird about it, he just, he capitalized off a distraction. Drake loses. Yep. And Phantasma's just, well, I'm your new baby face, which I guess makes sense if, you know, you're hoping to put him up against fucking Jordan Devlin anytime soon, but... Yeah, once he's past, like, fighting you know, the heels, then he can switch over and, you know, be his... Oh, yeah, those are my guys, by the way. And then the episode ends with fucking Drake Maverick getting handed a contract by Triple H. So, has Drake Maverick actually been rehired? I mean, I don't know for certain, but I, that's what this seems to indicate to me. Was Drake yeah, Maverick you don't ever just... actually released? I... So I've been thinking a lot about this, and I, I definitely think that this was this was shoot turned into work. Like this was them realize like, yeah, they they legitimately fired him, not thinking, oh right, we kinda have him in this tournament. Then that video he put out blew up. Then they had they had the realization of, oh wait, yeah, we're gonna use him in this tournament and then get rid of him. That's gonna look real shitty on us. So I'm sure that they've had like the thought of, you know what? We're not paying him that much. We'll just keep him around and we'll put, we'll, you know, Hunter will take him. Like, he'll be able to do something with him. It'll be fine. You get the feel-good story after yeah, something you, really fucked up that they did. Yeah, you get the feel-good story to make you forget about the fact that, like, 15 other pe- 20 other people have lost their jobs. Yeah. Sure have. But hey, Drake Maverick gets to survive, and Kurt Angle is maybe going to be re-signed because they really don't want him going to AEW. I mean, Kurt Angle, though, was also pretty open about him saying, I turned down a contract because I don't want to be Matt Riddle's manager. That is true. Yeah. Honestly, I don't want him going to AEW either, so... I don't think AEW is going to take... I don't think AEW really wants Kurt Angle either. Like, they've got too many old people in it there, anyways. And I mean, they're not yeah, like, in like good roles for the most part. It's like, yeah, like, what do you do with with Kurt Angle? Like, the only way I be on screen only... talent, which now I don't yeah. really see him being good at that role. It's nope. not like he was great at that role when he was general manager of Raw. No, he sure wasn't. 
The only role I see them bringing in Kurt Angle for is if they also sign Chad Gable. Yeah, and they shouldn't do that either. Wow, hating on Shorty G. I'm just saying this right now, looking at all my stats and stuff like that, if there's anything they need more of right now, it's women in tag teams. Definitely. And they've got plenty of guys that can just wrestle, can be split apart, turn in singles wrestlers. They've got plenty of that. They are in dire need of more women. They're in dire need of more effective tag teams. It's, yeah, it, I don't need a singles guy. I don't need a legend coming in there to manage another singles wrestler. Just fucking bolster where you're weak, AEW. Come on. Yeah. But to finish off on NXT, because it's clear that we're, we're starting to move into AEW here. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, the one thing I will say is just like, you know, look. I'm I'm really happy for Drake. Like I'm glad that he gets to keep this job that he clearly loves, and like now he doesn't have to worry about this. Like this is a really good thing for him, and I am happy for him. This whole thing sucks. Like yeah. because as we've kind of uh, touched on here, at the end of the day, like the best case scenario is you you done fucked up and goofed up firing this dude, and you did a make good. That again is supposed to make us forget about, help us forget about the fact that you fired all these other people that you're not giving contracts back to. You don't have any intent on bringing back. And worst case scenario, this was all planned all along, and you pretended to fire someone in the middle of a pandemic while you actually fired people. Yep. Either way, none of this is a good look. It sure isn't, John. AEW. Yeah, so Dynamite happened. Dynamite happened. It was not live. It was definitely not live, and you could kind of tell with the way some things were orchestrated. We're not live, pal, and that's why the commentary seems all fucked up in weird places. It sure did. They don't do a good job of covering this up, and then they have weird segments like recapping midway through, like it's a WWE event. Things of God, that nature. That recap was just so fucking long and weird. Yeah, it was just like we realized that our taping was uh, maybe a few minutes shorter than we expected it to be, and we couldn't find another way to stretch. So, back to the compound, make a video, I guess. Just like for God's sake, just put on one of the fucking videos you make for fucking uh, like the road to. Yeah, they should have. It's kind of funny, actually, you mentioned that, because like one of the videos they did put on that was very quizzical, and I don't think I've written down my notes here, was something they said was an exclusive online video that they then just threw into the show of, basically, Sean Spears having his shit torn out by Tully Blanchard over being completely ineffective and worthless. It's cool. Now he has a fingerless black glove that presumably means something. Like... Most of us don't remember what the fuck that means, other than Big Daddy Cool Diesel's about to do work. And that's clearly not what that means. Tully Blanchard looted the Hot Topic, but he only got one glove, and now the cops have his fingerprints on file, so he needs Sean Spears to go back and complete the set. I'm just saying, somebody's gotta be the biker. I don't know. It's how, uh, it's how the village people were formed. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Sean Spears, a macho man? Discuss in the comments. So, we start off with the hot open, and it's a, it's a tag match. It's the tag team championship match. It's Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. It's a perfectly good 20-minute match. Kip and Sabian's music has lyrics now! They've had lyrics for a few weeks now, and they're really good. It's the first time I've noticed it. Oh, yeah, I've, I noticed it, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is this needed this. It does. It is actually surprisingly better. I will say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've they've had. It's gonna now. You've made me realize you're gonna have to add lyrics eventually to Jimmy Havoc's music, and it's gonna suck. Um, but yeah, no. Um, it was a functional good match. I miss Hangman Page. They really need to maybe put him on ice a little more. I think. As much as they can, because the crowd's going to eat him up when he gets back in action, because he's fucking amazing. He's so good. Doing the best work of his life right now. I missed him so much. Yep. We all have. Also, we learned the announcement of what the fuck Fighter Fest is. It's too big for just one night. However, not big enough for BR Live. I do wonder how the show was going to work if they were able to do it in London like they planned on doing. I mean, it would probably is... just be a special thing. Like, they probably had two nights booked in London. Yeah, probably. You know, um, but it's hard to say. Theoretically, at this time, there's no football going on. And so, full, you know, Tony Khan owns Fulham. He, which means he has access to their stadium if need be. You know, they could pro- if they're doing like a two-week tour of the UK and Ireland and other European countries, they can probably do two nights in London. Um, you know, and it's again, it's just a special dynamite like the Bash at the Beach was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think it's you know, just going to be kind of like the Bash at the Beaches, except in the usual remote location that is just Daly's place. July first, July eighth. Yep. I'm okay with the fact that they're just turning dynamites into special events rather than creating extraneous, unnecessary pay per views. Yeah, I'm definitely cool with that. Like, I, I was surprised to hear that it was going to be that instead of, like, you know, be a live special. But, yeah, I mean, I loved it when they did for Bash of the Beach. So, doing yep. that for Fighter Fest, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, like, just say this is going to be our special card with, like, really good matches rather than just decent ones. Like, just no no problems with that whatsoever. Just build up a good card and let's have it for two weeks. Um, and speaking of that card, John, who can stop... The Path of Cage. It's a good question. Certainly not this generic jobber. Oh, you mean Sean Dean, who has, by my records, let me check the numbers here. Uh, He's now lost how many? Oh, we're going down the list here for a while, and I don't care about the curfew uh, phone. Um, Oh, he's 0-7. Hooray! So, yeah, of course he lost again. Is he still ranked higher than Sean Spears? No. Actually, at this point, he is... The only person ranked below him is Lee Johnson. Hooray! So, your bottom three, just for the record, because we're not talking about much anyways, uh, Lee Johnson is now the worst men's singles wrestler in AEW. 
followed Portly by Sean Johnson. Dean. Yeah, Portly Johnson. He's pretty good. And then third is Brandon Cutler. All right. I'm surprised that uh, that Peter Avalon's not there, he, too. He's sixth worst. Between wow. him is Marco Stuntnail and Angels. Where's Pineapple Pete and all this? Um, He is eighth worst. I would imagine there's just probably above just Sammy enough, Guevara. Not enough data for Pineapple Pete to be at the bottom. He's lost three matches. Yeah. Yeah, so he's basically uh, one dark or and two um, dynamites. So, yep. And meanwhile, Sammy Guevara with a 9 and 9 average and losing big time in big events. Still ranked worse. But beyond that, so yeah, Sean Dean gets the absolute piss beat out of him, and then Taz gets on the mic and starts screaming about John Moxley not respecting him or Cage. You know where this is going to go. John Turns Moxley out comes out. John Moxley can stop the path of Cage. Yep, John Moxley basically says, "No, I respect you. Uh, I'm going to show you that I'm a different world." And by the way, during this whole promo, because I really don't care what it says, it's basically I'm going to beat you up, now I'm going to beat you up, back and forth. John Moxley is bigger, height or taller. He is taller than Brian Cage. I noticed this too, and I was yeah. like, huh. This is, now I'm starting to realize why maybe Brian Cage never got that WWE tryout. Yeah. I thought he, Brian Cage never got that WWE tryout because it would raise a whole bunch of questions about their wellness policy. Well, yes, that too. Yeah, but possibly. Also, yeah, no, I I never really noticed, and maybe it is, maybe it's just that John Moxley's really tall. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, but yeah, like I always, I always thought just from the way that they fucking you know filmed him on uh, that Lucha Underground that he just fucking towered over everyone. He maybe sure it's does. Just everyone on Lucha Underground's real goddamn short. That's I mean, probably what it remember, is. Moxley only seems small because he was in WWE. It's just interesting to see how the height and size game changes so much when you move to AEW. Like, it's just way different and way drastically stranger than what I expected WWE back in the day. So, just an observation. Otherwise, It's an interesting um, observation, too, because, yeah, it is. Like you said, it's like he is, like, Cage of all people is definitely, like, he's that throwback 80s wrestler look of just he is fucking jacked. He is just, like, completely nothing but fucking muscles and steroids and everything. Like, he looks fucking incredible. And then, yeah, so to have it notice, like, oh, wait, he's kind of short. Like, huh. Yeah, he sure is. It took a little, it, look, it's, you know what? It's the kind of thing that just points out, like, hey, you know what? This is something that, like, AEW really needs to figure out. It's, like, their camera angles and stuff. Because it does, it kind of killed the magic a little bit for me. It sure did. I don't think they should have done it from an angle where they were behind John Moxie looking at Cage. Because then you really do get to see the size differential. And you get to see that Brian Cage doesn't look as, like, completely jacked as you would expect. He's just really muscly and thick. Which, he's got I mean, those fair. Ryback show muscles. Yeah, exactly. He's got precisely Ryback. He's, he's show a lot muscles. stronger than than Ryback. He's a lot more mm-hmm. capable than Ryback. Oh yeah. But he's got a lot of the same show muscles thing. Mm-hmm. That he does. But I'm still looking forward to this match because yeah, Cage is a reliable worker. Just Cage rules. He ruled on Lucha Underground. He was yep. really good in Impact. Yep. Even with a fucking broken ass back. Yeah, exactly. 
it's just very strange way to package this, other than it's good when Taz and Moxie are yelling at each other, because Taz is good on the stick still. But hey, I, ask, I guess it also kind of works, because I mean, you know, like we just said, look who he's paired up with. Yeah, it's true. The The epitome of, I'm supposed to be the toughest motherfucker on the planet. Oh, I'm short. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and he's like just a goddamn pit bull. And also someone I really would not want to fuck with, even in his current condition. So... Speaking of current condition, um, checking in in a segment afterwards with Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts, we get to see that apparently some random jobber from the crowd has been dragged out to a random pile of rubble and is being thrown against a car or something <laughs> by Lance Archer. I love it. It's just the guy in the, the, the guy in the orange mask that's always in the crowd for some reason. Yep. It's just Lance Arch just beating the shit out of him in this weird dilapidated swamp. Yep. It's like, where did you no even fucking why. find this? And basically Lance Archer saying, I'm not a spot monkey. I hurt people. I'm gonna hurt people still. I'm not I'm not owned. And then storming off and where Jake's just like, I'm sorry for him. He's kind of on his uh off the kilter, as it were. And it's a good segment, but at the same time, it's really weird for Jake the Snake to go from misogynistic bastard to apologetic for anything Lance Archer's doing. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's Lance has really turned into a corn cob right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, he's done feuding with Cody, and now he's not. And now whoever he's feuding with doesn't have a wife. He's trying to find creative because he heard creative and nothing for him and he wants to prove he's got something. So he's just, he's got to find some women. I, I told him to find some women. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, It's a weird segment, but Lance Archer's, again, good interview. He'll be good when they figure out where the hell he's going now. And they better do it soon because he's still prime. Like, don't waste it, AW, please. To worry that, like, yeah, it's like now you have all these fucking people. Where where do you put them when you just added like, oh, well, cool. Now we have FDR. Now we have fucking Brian Cage. Yep. And speaking of wasting potential, we also have an update from Private Party right after this, where Private Party in their little VIP lounge having a real hard time once again selling that they actually have VIPs in their VIP lounge, which to be fair. They also had a hard time selling when there were audiences around. Um, go on the record and say, uh, hey, yeah, Mark One's leg is fine. We know it looked really bad in that match that he tweaked his knee, but it's totally fine. And then Matt Hardy comes by in, like, Matt Team Extreme look and says, I respect you boys. You remind me a little bit of me and my brother. Anything I can do to help. And the only thing that Isaiah Cassidy can think of is, what if we did a trio called Hardy Party? Which gets about the reaction you'd expect. Matt Hardy smiling, patting him on the shoulder and walking around. He's like, that's a terrible name. So, I guess we're doing nothing private party still. Other than Mark Quinn is going to be competing for the TV title next week if we're to be believing what the coverage says. Yeah, what the fuck? But we it might be Phoenix. It might be Ray Phoenix. It might be Mark Quinn. It might be the next taping has both defenses. So You know what? Pro- we have never seen Phoenix unmasked 
You can't prove he's not Mark Quinn. Oscar, I've got some notions why he might not be. <laughs> Just a few. Don't want to call it out. I feel pretty confident in saying, from the little bit I have seen of Phoenix without a mask, which is mostly just, you know, his mask being ripped apart, I'm pretty sure he's not Mark Quinn. Can't prove it, though. It's the same with the Conquistadors. Who were the Conquistadors, anyways? It couldn't have been, like, uh, the Colognes. Edge and Christian. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And by that I mean, they weren't Edge and Christian... They're clearly in the same room as them. Okay. Hmm. I guess we'll never know. Lucha Libre laws, people. Abide by them. AW Creative, hit me up. I got some ideas for you. (laughs) But yeah, so there really... There's a lot of videos in this whole segment, I should really reiterate, that are just like... Hey, we don't know what we're doing with this guy, but we want to let you know we're still thinking about them. So, cool, I guess. You know, let's get our five matches in and just cover the rest with a bunch of this. And Man, speaking... rather they do that than, you know, the, again, the, I don't know, here's three minutes of just a fucking clip show of the past hour. Yeah, or Bubbly Bunch. Bubbly Bunch ruled. I mean, okay, yeah, fair, it did. I don't want to admit it did, but it did. <laughs> I really don't want to admit it did, because fucking Jericho, man. I know, we don't want to give Jericho credit right now, because he's being a fucking moron. Yeah, but yet, yeah, it's true. And speaking of him, he was the segment right after. He's fighting Colt Cabana, because apparently they stuck a reason for him to feud with Colt Cabana at the end of the whole confrontation between him and Tyson last week. And, yeah, Jericho talks about how he wants to taste Mike Tyson's blood after he shoves his head up his ass. That's weird. Okay. This match was great. This was not a great match. It was maybe giving Colt too much credit. The only thing I think was really smart about this match was Jericho did an obvious feint to try and lure Colt Cabana into doing a stupid Superman pin. And when Colt went for it like a dummy, he put his legs down and then just put Colt into a lion tamer. I did really like that spot. Which yeah, I I thought that was good, especially because I when I looked at it, I was like, "Yeah, this this Superman looks bad." Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there was a reason for it because Colt's a dummy. Got um, him. Yep. So basically, you knew Colt wasn't going to win this match, and also just as a side note, Sammy Guevara did the absolute worst singing of Judas I've ever heard. Good ass heel. I hated Very him so heel. much. I was into it, this. It, you know, Sammy Guevara, again, the future of this business. We stan non-problematic Chris Jericho. Yeah, Stanny sure. Guevara. Yeah, exactly. Stanny Guevara. That's a, that's a new fan club. Let's work with it. Get the Facebook page up. Um, then Jericho gets back in the mic and starts screaming about how he wants to face the baddest man on the planet. He wants to face the baddest man on the planet. He's got it. Where is the baddest man on the planet? You're out there somewhere. I know you're still here. We're doing this match tonight. Give me the baddest man on the planet. And he fucking got him. He got him. Orange Cassidy walks right out. The baddest man on the planet, Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy then puts uh, Jericho's hands in his 
pockets, which, given he doesn't have pockets, ends up being just inside his belt. It's very good. Puts his own hands in his pocket. And, yeah, um, Jake Hager and Jericho take swings at Orange Cassidy. He dodges it all and then gets lifted like a Titanic-esque angel by the best friends over the barrier and into safety. So expect that feud to continue. Wonderful. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, moving beyond that, we actually get a women's match, which... Okay, Big Swole's back, which is good. Yay, Big Swole! I mean, you know, I'm, I still worry about Big Swole being back with her fucking Crohn's disease, but... Yay, Big Swole! Mm-hmm. Yep, I worry about the two, especially because you don't want her to be getting sick with, uh, what, a pandemic around or anything. Yeah, especially... and it's like... And it does kind of make me think. It's like, hey, you know, let's remember the fact that Kyle O'Reilly, who is diabetic, is not doing things right now. So, Swole, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I get it does make me wonder how much of it is just literally like, well, she's all it feels like, well, I'm already exposed anyway because my husband's still working. That could possibly be it. Also to point out here, just to call two things. Because, again, we're just running through this stuff, and there's a whole lot of nothing going on. Um, one, the procedure AEW uses to check whether somebody's healthy or not for entering the arena and the area is been documented several times in Sammy Guevara's blog. It's literally just using one of those temperature guns to check their temperature. And if it's good, it's good. There is nothing else they check right now. There is no actual test they administer unless you're outside the temperature range you're supposed to be in. So that's safe because, you know, the fever is not a sign necessarily. It only shows up sometimes. People can be asymptomatic, goddammit. Asymptomatic means no symptoms, including fever. So that's going to backfire at some point. I hope it doesn't in AEW, but as we've talked about before, it's likely to if this keeps up. Also of note, it's all bad. Also of note... I've been looking at my stats recently because I had a huge fall off in certain rankings that uh, have not been posted online, but I've still been tracking. Active women in the last three months, exactly 12. And of those 12, I'm going to count out here one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five of them are jobbers. So legitimately you have had seven of your main women on this roster be the only wrestlers working right now. And I can look at that and say that one of them is Riho, so it's going to be six very soon. So, good luck with that and making matches. So, Swole's back for her first match in a while, facing Ida Rose. You know where this is going. But one thing that is very good about this match that we do need to point out... Yes, we do. Holy fucking shit, Swole's Yellow Ranger gear. She has phenomenally good-looking Yellow Ranger gear. It's awesome. Swole is like the most stylish of all the ladies on the roster. No denying this. And she had a decent match with Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose looked like she was maybe a little blown up. And in fairness, after the match, uh, Big Swole looked like she was sweating bullets because it was hot as shit there in Florida. Again, going to be an issue. Hooray for humidity! Yep. It's clearly not going to be a problem that they're going to have to figure out somehow. Yeah, so um, Sammy Guevara's been calling that out, too, um, in his vlog, in that it is fucking hot there. And everybody's having a real hard time. 
So, again, Florida, not the best place to be doing this shit outdoors. Just saying. But, yeah, they went and, after the match, interviewed, instead of Nyla Rose, who won, they interviewed Big Swole welcoming her back and saying it's not exactly the outcome you wanted. Then you have the most heel-ass move with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, coming in and backing her golf cart into the barrier to yell at Big Swole and challenge her to a match. And then claim that Big Swole is challenging her to a match. And then when Big Swole... I like Baker a lot still. Yeah, this is really good. The best part of this being when Big Swole's like, oh yeah, I'll accept your challenge. And goes for a chair. Britt Baker screams that she's still injured. And then demands that Rebel drive the golf cart away. To which she does. It's very funny. It was actually kind of a hilarious moment. And the idea of Rebel being this unwilling kind of Big Daddy Cool Diesel to Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Which, for the record, Dr. Britt Baker DMD is redundant and she knows it. Um, is kind of hilarious. Hey, here's some breaking news, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently... Arn Anderson has signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Yes, I did notice this. What, is, uh, what does that mean, I wonder? Um, it means he'll be managing Cody for years to come. I think he's going to yeah, continue to be like a managing Cody, and I think he's going to work backstage probably managing some of the matches and events as an agent. Hmm. Which I think he's useful for. Like He and Dean would work really well for that. Yeah, they, I mean, that's what they were doing beforehand. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense, especially if they're still going to try and push for fucking uh, doing house shows. Yep, which... They're going to need people to, to run those matches. I'm just going to stress this as I've stressed offline. Don't fucking do house shows, AEW. Seriously, that's a bad idea. But Especially when one mm. of your big differentiators was that you aren't going to do house shows like WWE does. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would still do house shows without doing them like WWE does. I mean, the problem with WWE is that you're working like four or five days a week. Yeah. If you do it, if you do it like, hey, we do a show on Wednesday and then we do a house show on Saturday, then, I don't know. I could also see maybe a situation in which they, like, in the same area, have like a small house show for a place that might sell out. Hmm. And then... Just like, hey, this is not one that counts for anything. The records here won't count. But if you want to get tickets to see these people, it's free matches. And we're just going to fun around. But then the real show will be for all the people who want to pay the big money for being on TV. I don't know if it'd work. I don't know which way this all works. But I just think the best benefit you'd have is just stick to the schedule you got. If people are feeling rusty, let them work elsewhere. You know? AEW putting their name out in other independent organizations is not a bad thing. In fact, it would kind of actually make them stand out a bit more, I would think. So, just my little editorial on that. After that, we get yet another non-wrestling segment in which we have Team FDR, that is uh, Cash Max Room and Dex Hardfist, um, and we get them to explain that FTR doesn't really stand for anything anymore. It's whatever they want it to be. Um, and they gave off a few examples. They're being extremely face-like charismatic here. So I think they're trying to be the faces now. They're Then they go on the record and say that they don't really want to face the Young Bucks. Because 
they don't think the Ungwicks are at their level. They don't think they've ever been at their level. And yeah, they'll probably have to fight them eventually, but they don't want to engage with them at all until they're at 100% and they can have that match and just get it over with at the most even level they can where they can win and just be done with it. Yeah, like I like that they even said, it's like, no, we don't want to have a match with them. We just want to fucking like beat the shit out of them and pin them in three seconds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We just want to be, we, we know they're better, we're better than, we just want to be done with it. Yep, and they go on, the, basically before then, they're going through all the other tag teams they're very interested in, and they want to face, and at no point do they really want to face the Young Bucks. They want to face Private Party, they want to face a bunch of other teams, uh, Santana Ortiz was mentioned, and yeah, they, it's an interesting take. It's like, I don't know if they're trying to go t- tweener or face with them, but it sounds like I honestly think they're going to turn Young Bucks heel before this match happens. But I'm not sure. We'll see. There's a lot to go through at this point. But then, um, yeah, the Butcher and the Blade at the end of this uh, interview, which, by the way, ends with Tony Schiavone saying, I thought FTR stood for Fuck the Revival. And the uh, Revival basically... You can't basically, prove that that's what he said. I mean, they bleeped it, but not very well. And then, you know, Team FTR says, oh, yeah, that's what a lot of people say. And then the Butcher and the Blade are very angry about the fact that they got beaten up instead of getting their chance to jump the Young Bucks. And FTR trolls them into a match. So next week, they're fighting the Butcher and the Blade. That'll be fun. Then we get to the main event of all of this show. And this feels like a whole lot of nothing. And this main event, while good kind of did not feel all that revelatory. It is Jungle Boy versus Cody. And it was very much, as I briefly tuned into the post-show, it is what JR would call a Mid-South wrestling match. And there was... Cody got color again. I I kind of dug yes, this match. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was pretty into it the whole time. Yeah, I enjoyed I'm, it. I'm kind of a sucker as well for Cody bleeding. Yeah, he bled. This sounds more sadistic well. than I intended it. Yeah, I mean, it. look, like they all say, red That's equals green, green. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, basically Cody is the gig blade. Weed with him. That's my new saying for him. That's what I'm going to stick with. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a good match. I, I, I feel like I'm really being down on a lot of matches here, and I don't mean to be. This was a perfectly cromulent match. and This was a great show that it's just so hard to care about wrestling right now. Yeah, yep. I think it's part of it. And... Yeah, so the end of it basically is that Cody gets Jungle Boy through a table. Cody manages to get Jungle Boy back in, hit a very vicious-looking crossroads, and pin him for a nice quick one, two, three. And Jungle, or Jurassic Express comes out to help their boy out. Um, the Nightmare Collective, or I'm sorry, the Nightmare Family comes out to help uh, Cody out, and... The show kind of ends with them just kind of shaking hands, embracing, that sort of thing. Because Cody does respect the hell out of Jungle Boy. It's just not his time right now, Daddy-O. 
We're all happy. Yay. I won a belt that I kept. Yay. Yep. Cody Rhodes continues to hold the ugly belt. And he will defend it against Marquen and or Ray Phoenix next week. I still don't think the belt is that ugly. I just wish they'd do something about that silver. They they need to do something to it because I, I just don't like the look of it. Whatever. I think it embossed the fucking TNT logo. I don't care. But... But keep the side plates, no matter what. The Turner Mansion needs to be on there. Yeah, Turner Mansion needs to be on there. Yeah, it's very good. Even if I mean, some people on the internet don't understand. Yeah, Oscar, what's wrong with you? We explained it to you already. I forgot that Turner Mansion wasn't the CNN building, because I was going to say, hey, given how the world's going, it might be the last place left where you can see the Turner Mansion. I mean, not wrong. Because it does Near look like a plantation, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, that was a, that was dynamite. It flew by, and there were some good moments. I still my highlight for me was basically Britt Baker being an absolute troll the entire time. But she's very good at it. It's true. Yeah, she's extremely good at it, and also like Orange Cassidy responding to becoming the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Arch Cassie and Chris Jericho are gonna have their fucking feud that they've been, that we've heard they've been wanting to do for a while, and holy shit, yes, yeah, I'm I'd all be, for it. It sucks that I can't be more excited about it because of how shit awful Chris Jericho has been in the past week. But you know, who would have thought that in the past week Chris Jericho and Randy Orton did a Freaky Friday and traded places? What the actual fuck with that? I know, right? It's like one of them had a learning moment, and one of them has gone so far in the other direction of having unlearning moments because they desperately want to be like Joe Rogan. Wow, that's pretty cool, man, but have you ever tried Omaha Steaks? <laughs> Inject the <laughs> Omaha Steaks into my eyeballs. Use off-code <laughs> Y2J. Can't spell Omaha without DMT. I've been told. <laughs> That's right, Oscar. And these steaks have been injected with CBD oil to make them better for your digestive system. And I know that you're saying that it's wrong. I know that you're saying that you can smell Omaha without DMT quite easily. However, <laughs> my guest tonight is going to tell you why the English language is just a conspiracy by the Russians. So and that's can... your Duff McKagan joke of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Look, more people have died from the English language than they have of the coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you're absolutely not wrong here. I mean, between the U.S. and, and the fucking crown for fucking centuries, English language's got a fucking body count, bro. Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably somewhere out there where somebody's not, not said, like, Please don't shoot me the right way, and it's gotten shot. Look, all the letters for or the word genocide don't shoot me the right the way, English and language. we're shot. Yeah. <laughs> Either Damn. way, you get shot. It's a, it's a Steve Austin's conundrum. This one. Hitler's name, letters found in the English language. God damn it, dude! Damn, you're not wrong. The only That's... way that we're really going to fix this is to get rid of the letter H. <laughs> Ooh. 
You'd also eradicate Triple H in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Oh That's... my god. Wait, is this We've... why... This is why DX kept trying to push the nickname Try. Because they knew. <laughs> and you know what? This would turn into a case where then Tony Khan would become Tony Can. <laughs> That's a Tony Can do attitude if I say so myself. Exactly. Holy <laughs> fuck, this was dynamite. <laughs> I'm glad wanted... we reeled this back into a somewhat okay ending. Well, actually, before we end, there's one last thing I want to do. Okay. It's time to play a game. Oh, shit. It's time to play our favorite game. Oh, no. Y'all, let's play Does Oscar Know the NXT Takeover in Your House card? Of course oh, I shit. fucking don't. I don't watch NXT. Oh, shit. The answer is none of us do. I had to just look it up, and I was literally like, oh. I have one okay. match. I know one was, match. I, I know one, one match I, on here as well. I know they're Tommaso doing Ciampa Adam, versus... Oh. I know on. they're doing Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream in a cinematic school match. <laughs> cinematic school match. Cinematic school match. I mean, match. close enough, yeah. Um... Tommaso Ciampa versus I heard Ka, so I'm going to assume Tommaso Ciampa versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> you son of yeah, a bitch, perfect. Carrion Cross, Carrion Cross. All right, Carrion Cross. All right, here's let's let's do the full card here. It is in a match that they apparently announced tonight: a six woman tag team match: Mia Yim, Shazi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Wait a second. Wow, the main event of Raw is on NXT TakeOver in your house? Also, that ruins one of the matches I thought was happening, which I thought it was Mia Yim and uh, Keith Lee going up against... They uh, did that tonight. What the fuck? Why would you spend that match? Why would you blow that off here? That's a, that's a main event pay-per-view card match. That's not a blow-off on bum chick NXT. What the hell? Well, they did it because they're just having a singles match between two of the people. But Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, who gives a fuck? I don't yeah. know. Let Shotzi win. You, you, you always make Shotzi lose. Let Shotzi it doesn't matter. the tank. It doesn't victory. matter that she has a cool fucking tank and a cool fucking entrance if you, you just make her lose like a loser jabroni all the time. It's true. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. Oh, right. There's a championship on the line. Yes. Shit. Keith Lee still has that belt, it turns out. I didn't know where that belt went. You could have told me that Charlotte had it, and I would have believed you. Ain't kinda? Charlotte's still women's champion? Yes. Unfortunately. Now, isn't she having a match, though, against Io Shirai? Uh, no, because she had that match already. God damn it! And it ended in uh, a DQ when Charlotte decided to beat her a bunch with kendo stick. What? So instead they're doing Charlotte versus Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Aww. Because they had, a, they had a match between Rhea and Io to determine who would be the number one contender. And Charlotte it broke it up with a DQ. Don't the WWE people learn that if you break up a number one contenders match, you get to face both of them? 
No, they never do. That's always what happens. It's always. It always literally happens every single fucking time, and they never fucking learn. They're so stupid. <laughs> Angry William Regal always just goes out there and just yells, "Triple threat!" And then and Charlotte's the like, "What? No! How could you? What? Oh my god!" We are all idiots. Charlotte's gonna win, though. Yeah. Nothing fucking matters. It doesn't. It's like Keith Lee's gonna win that fucking title match, because nothing fucking matters. Yep. Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. This entrance is still gonna suck, because there's still gonna be no one there. I can't wait for her not to bother lip-syncing anymore, and then just humping the ring constantly while Karrion Cross enters. No I think she'll still do the fall and pray yelling. No man is she ever might. truly cross. God. Same thing as I like carrying cross, but this is. It just. It ain't hitting it on all cylinders for me. It's just too much. It's just too much fucking pageantry. Yeah. And I say that as someone that loves the fucking pageantry of wrestling. It's just like. This doesn't. Again, it's just like we were talking about when, when he had his second match a couple of weeks ago. It's like. This shit just doesn't work in front of no one. It's almost like they need to Finn Balor this a little bit in that don't bring out the demon every fucking time. Don't bring out the special entrance every time. Just go into the fall and pray part and just have him come out. And like flashing orange lights and Scarlet's not humping everything in sight. No, but it worked so good for Bobby Roode. Oh yeah, how'd that go for him? I was actually looking at old entrances for him and realizing, man, did they screw him up? They sure did. Is Bobby Nakamura employed? Yes. Huh. Yeah, somehow. I don't think he answered his phone though. I don't even know what brand he's on anymore. Probably, Probably still SmackDown. SmackDown still. Yeah. Well, let me check WWE.com/superstars. <laughs> There's one more match on the show that you haven't guessed yet, by the way. Oh, really? Also, carrying crosses. Also, carrying crosses winning. Yeah, I mean that's gonna happen. So, I recall we mentioned earlier El Hijo de Fantasma wasn't fighting. He is not. The interim cruiserweight champion is not going to do a single goddamn thing on the show. Cool, fantastic. Nor is there apparently a tag team match, even though Brazongo just won that thing. Cool. This is fantastic. Well thought So out. wait, what are they fighting? Uh, Colin Rod? Or uh, Col- Fish and Rod Strong? They just wanted to have their Spaceman entrance. It's a pretty cool Spaceman entrance. <laughs> it was really goddamn cool there. It's like, they had ass blasters for feet. I just want to say, I'm looking at WWE's website with all their wrestlers and holy shit james drake looks a lot like edge okay yeah actually the picture they use for james drake's official profile picture yeah weird yeah weird huh he looks right. like the edge you would have back in the days when you were promising wrestlers that weren't actually the real wrestlers and doing carny shit like that at the local indie events. I don't want to play this game anymore. The, the <laughs> match is Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Oh, fuck. You were never going to guess it. It's fine. Yeah, no, I didn't even who, realize that. Uh, who was Damian Priest again? Punishment Martinez. Yeah. Right. 
which was a good name for him and a pretty he had a pretty good persona at that point. I feel like they've piddled that all away from him. What are you talking about, man? He's the Archer of Infamy. It's so cool and means something, definitely, I swear. I feel like they just call him Archer Infamy to take shots at Cody Rhodes for being friends with the guy from the CW show, <laughs> Stephen Amell. Oh. Uh, Robert Roode is still on SmackDown. Right, they renamed him Robert Roode. God, I completely that's... forgot they renamed him Robert Roode. No, this is all terrible. Y'all come back now, you hear? No, we still <laughs> no, need to finish yet. this. Yeah, God damn it. We're not doing that. Come on, man. We got at least ties out. We've only been on for 53 minutes. We usually are dragging out by three hours at this point. <laughs> Finn Balor's going to win. Yeah, he is. And then finally, Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream in a last chance back lot brawl. For the NXT Championship, if Dream loses, he can no longer challenge while Cole is still champion. Okay, so Cole wins. I was thinking probably Dream wins. Shit. If he can't challenge anymore after this. I mean, no, I mean he can't no. challenge while Cole is champion. Yeah, they're just going to wait for him to drop the belt and move Cole up to like Raw or something right after this. I mean, hey, let's not forget, Adam Cole's contract is up in August. What? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, Adam Cole's contract is up in August. He don't, he signed at that summer at that SummerSlam for like a three year deal and That's Jay, actually kind right. of right. WWE's gonna have to pull out their pay, um their pocketbook and everything. Jesus and you know, Christ. hey, there's been a lot of yeah, talk. He's getting that NXT paycheck and I bet he's not happy about it. Also, and, hey, there's yeah. another show that his wife is on. Yeah, and it's like he already wants to attend that show Girlfriend, and only, yes. only oh. recently got permission to attend that show. And he's also real good friends with some of those EVPs. Even so much so that he is kind of the highlight of some of the earliest BTEs. Yeah. Um, I mean, how would they... I don't know, man. How would they be able to bring him back from the dead? I Easier than you think. That was Adam Cole. This is Adam Cole's brother, Adam Cole. I'm Adam Ghost. My name's Adam Ghost now. Alan Cold Children, the time is now. <laughs> why, would you give a, why would you give a man a monster drink when you'd shove him out of a plane afterwards? Damien Priest is wearing the exact same jacket on his Superstars page that James Drake and Edge are wearing. Okay, I'm looking into this. Eh, it's a little different. It's more like a Baron Corbin vest. Yeah, I was going to say, it's more Baron Corbin. Look, like, in the Pokemon Evolution line, it's Baron... It's... It's uh, David Priest into Baron Corbin into James Drake, Mega Evolved into Edge. Yep, okay. This has been episode 33 of, of Heal Alternative. Dear God. We're all so tired. We're all so tired. We're so tired and fed up with everything. I don't know. The world yeah. is a fucking vampire. Stop it. I wasn't even going to finish that. Just. It's set to drain. And so am I. 
this would be the part where where someone would say something about my Venmo or, or Oscar's PayPal or the Patreon. Don't, Look, don't give to no. us. Give don't to... give to us. Pay their bail. Yeah, like look into any fuck like any way that you give money to like you know any of the cities like the city where the big protests are happening, any of the defense funds for protesters, any place that way that you could give to Black Lives Matter, anything like give your fucking money there. If you yep. really want to, if you really want to give us money, you know, five dollars of the Patreon, we'll we'll review the NXT show this weekend. But like, you can get that whenever. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Well, no matter what they say, backlash is probably going to be shit. Well, it does have the greatest wrestling match ever. I too love to optimize SEO so that if someone looks up best wrestling match, it doesn't show up as Omega Okada. <laughs> we'll see you next week, y'all. Hopefully, we'll be in better spirits. <sighs> Don't bet on it. Until then. Come back now, you hear. Fuck cops. A cab.